my biggest advice before anyone would ever get started in anything, it, ha- it does genuinely, or it should be something that you're passionate about. Everyone's got a business idea, but it's really, it's so much harder than what I thought. I, I remember having the chat and thinking, oh, you know, we'll do this. And sometimes you can be too positive about things. Oh, it'll be easy. Like, didn't think it was going to be a walk in the park, but I totally would say that I'd underestimated as much as, as it would be, especially things going through COVID and taking on staff and expansion, all that sort of stuff. It's 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 full on proper. So if, I think unless you have that passion or that belief in what you're doing, mm. I think a lot of people will struggle to follow it through. Welcome to the Kelly Number Podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand strategist, and style expert on a personal mission to inspire at least five people a day to take action, do something different, and show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Keep all your messages coming, whether that's through Instagram, on LinkedIn, or you're leaving a review on Apple Podcasts to say how much you've enjoyed listening to a particular episode. Today's episode is a little bit different. So we are doing Man's Month for November. And I wanted to speak to Calvin and Ryan from Suited and Booted. So in 2017, they founded a tailoring company here in Dubai. They saw a gap in the market to offer something new and organic and completely unique in the tailoring scene. So Calvin and Ryan have always had a strong entrepreneurial background and then since relocating to Dubai they met as friends here we find all about this journey about working with friends what it takes and um, yeah enjoy their journey and what they've been on and basically the success that they've been building steadily and really dominating the marketplace enjoy this episode hi Calvin welcome to the Kelly Lumber podcast and welcome to man's month I'm so excited to have men on the podcast for a change yeah thank you for having us It's so good to speak to you. I have been feeling like we needed to connect for a very long time. I'm not even going to say how long. Um, We have so many, we've got a lot of mutual connections. We're both from Scotland. We're both from Edinburgh, yet we've never actually (laughs) met in Dubai. So my first question to you is, how long have you actually been in Dubai for? Um, So about seven and a half years that I've been here now. Wow. Okay. So why don't you give the audience a little bit of a backstory as to what it is that you're doing right now? And then we can kick off because I've got lots of questions around your business. Okay. Um, so obviously, uh, myself and my business partner, Ryan, we own Suited and Booted. Um, it's a bespoke tailoring company here in Dubai. Um, and we do we do a massive range of, of different stuff, um, all custom made by our in-house team. Um, we're up to about sort of 40 members of staff. The, the body of the staff, about 30, 34 of that will be all actual fit gentlemen actually making suits but we also as well as make suits we now do we do casual wear we do women's stuff we do like you know make everything basically from like you know casual shorts and shirts to winter coats and stuff like that so it's it's pretty much a a sort of fully fledged uh, tailoring house where you can get whatever you want. So how did this come about because you know I obviously come from Edinburgh you know tailoring tailoring houses are and studios are not something that um are, are common in Edinburgh so what made you start this here is it something that you've got a background in like how did the whole idea come about um I mean like my my granny was actually she was actually a tailor but obviously not not for men's clothes so I had I had a small amount of knowledge um ah. in, in the field but nothing nothing like you know sort of that I could translate into something I'll do as a job or whatever 
Um, and then when I when I met my business partner um, in Dubai, he was already doing this. Um, so he was already, and obviously, I, I'd never, I, I'd tried a few different tailors over here, and I'd never really been that impressed at all with the the product or the service. Um, then I met obviously Ryan, a Scottish lad. Um, it, it was a weird one. Like we've even got the same second name. Everyone thinks we're brothers, but we're not actually. We're not actually brothers. I mean, him just sort of just sort of clicked. It was like it was like meeting my meeting my brother that I never knew I had. Sort of. Thing. How did and, you uh, meet him? Uh, we actually met in a in a pub, like all all good Scottish uh, business stories. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know, I know. It was a, it was such a it was such a strange one. But me and him, like first and foremost, became like sort of best of mates. And then I saw his journey, like what he was on, and the sort of the challenges he was facing, and what he was doing. You know, just from being sort of one person with a with a business concept, and you know, managed to to get you know to do really well and get to a certain point. But we always sort of joked on it, like about you, know, you couldn't do my job, I couldn't do yours. Uh, and then we eventually like actually phoned them and I said, right, come on, how much for half? Let's go for it. So what's the skill set? Because I think that's also really interesting. And, and, and you know, you, unfortunately, your business partner couldn't be with you today. But yeah. what, what's your skill set and what is his skill set? Because I think that's a really interesting dynamic that a lot of people think, you know, I want someone who I really like. And often if you really like someone, they tend to be quite similar to you. But having someone who's really similar doesn't necessarily work in a business in that well, sense. Honestly, that- that's like that couldn't be um you couldn't be more spot on with that and it's it's so weird like I think it's almost like the perfect working relationship that him and I have because we are so similar and in, in certain aspects but and then other aspects where we're, we're completely different you know we're both you know we both have the same, the same vision for the the brand and we're both like very hard working and we both we've never actually once had any sort of argument about anything to do with business. Um, and there's certain things within the within the business that he's better at than me, and we just sort of right. You're good at that. I'm good at that. We'll crack on with it and let each other know how we're getting on. And it it, it just that that side of things are we're so so lucky with that. Like it just it works. It works like clockwork most it, of the time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I'm sure there might be one or two. But but that communication piece. Do you think is it that you're so comfortable that because I think in in so many relationships people get a bit scared about saying oh I don't want to say something in case like oh, I hurt their feelings, or maybe that might be misinterpreted. Do you feel that you two are just so honest? You're like, if this doesn't work or this is right, you just say it and yeah. you lay it how it is straight away. It's honestly like we are family, you know what I mean? That's as, that's as simple as I can make it. Like, you know, me as a person, I'm so black and white, like probably too much to my detriment sometimes. If, <laughs> if I think something, I'll just say it because for me, I would rather just get it, get that out. You can't, you can't deal with something unless you talk about it, you know. So, and 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 he, and he is similar in that respect. So, anything to do with work, it it, it would be well, just anything in life in my perspective. If you keep it to yourself, how how are you going to deal with it, you know? So, we just, what do you think about this? Give it, look at the options, and and then just sort of crack on with what we. But we're we're so lucky in terms of the next steps. It's always we've always been in agreement to a point, or you know, what I mean, there has been some things that I've thought one thing he's thinking there, but there's always. It's not much, you know, it's like, yeah. right, right, we'll, we'll try one or the other. Let's talk about the sort of business elements, because, you know, tailoring, I remember when I first came to the Middle East or Dubai 20 years ago, tailoring was a big thing. A bit, it used to be, yeah. you used to have to go down to Bur Dubai and, and it was a, yeah. a tiny little tailor shop. I still remember actually one of those little tailor shops and getting my first shirt made and stuff like that. And then it's, you know, it's, it's, it's growing and it's, 
uh, developed into now. You know, you're in, are you, am I right in thinking you're in one of the hotels? Um, no, we are, we are actually in Alcuz, um Alcuz. next to the Volkswagen showroom and uh, just across the road from, uh, I think there's like the Ferrari garage, Volkswagen, just all around that sort of area. It's like it's, slap bang in the middle of Marina and downtown. It's evolved so much now, you know, in terms of like the level of service, what you can do. Why do you think, you know, because you go to certain places and you wouldn't necessarily think tailoring, but in Dubai, tailoring is massive. Why do you think that is? And, and you know, maybe talk a little bit about that sort of journey of it. Well, I mean, you, you, you mentioned something at the beginning there, like everyone's got, especially people coming here, everyone's either got a, like a love story or a horror story with tailoring, whether they've got the best <laughs> they had or an absolute disaster. Like, I'm the same. I came to Dubai um, I'd done a bit of traveling and stuff like that. And I had this vision in my head, I was going to come to Dubai and it was going to be like suits and everyone was going to be looking 10 out of 10. And I was going to go to this like sort of New York style tailors. And then I was like, I got here. I was like, oh, where do we, where do these people go for suits? And then they sent me a bird Dubai. And I was like, what? Is, and it's what like is a this? tiny little room and it's just weird. Yeah, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't it. Like so it was something I was looking forward to when I'd get there. Cause when I moved here, I'd never even been on holiday or anything. So I've obviously went into that and I was, you know, it wasn't, it was far from what I, I envisaged in my head. Um, obviously in certain, you know, certain places, it, there wasn't really anybody British doing it as well. So there was a certain language barrier. There was mm. no real, I consultancy. There was no real, there was no real confidence in what was going on. It was like, what do you want type thing? And, and that I was genuinely, I remember even speaking to my dad about it and saying like the tailors here are, are, are nothing like what I thought. Um, and then obviously when I met Ryan, that was meeting somebody who was on the same page as me. You could have a chat about, you know, he understood what I wanted and vice versa. So, you know, I feel like we've tried to take something that's a sort of age-old tradition, but do it with a with a sort of British level of service and a sort of more of a, a younger understanding of, you know, what people want rather than, you know, you, need to, you don't need to just come in knowing what you want. You come in and we'll help you find out. And not not think that you're that was the one thing when you'd go to some of those tailors that they would still have catalogues from the 1980s and be like, oh, is it this lapel that you're looking for? And you're thinking, oh, God, <laughs> where did you put them? Um, it's like them between our like tuxedos too jazzy. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I suppose my my burning question as we kind of jump about with business is the pandemic must have really affected in some way business because people just didn't go to work and suits and dress codes I mean what was that like for you in that sort of um, space yeah so basically we just moved into our our first uh, location obviously we're all we're still in the same location but we've actually got three separate units within that um two are a workshop and one is a studio where clients can obviously come and you know look at the products you know buy stuff meet us and whatever else now, thankfully, at that time, just uh, just when COVID was kicking off, we just finished our very first one. So we were all, you know, happy and excited. Got our first shop, you know, ready to take on the world. You know, it was a it was a big investment for us to, you know, we had to, you know, fit it out, get it all ready. And then um, I remember Ryan and I sitting there thinking, right, here we go. And then literally three or four weeks later, we were in lockdown. And so uh, we definitely didn't put that into the business plan. That's for sure. Um, but what I would say is it gave us. It gave us time to think about things from a different aspect. You know, we actually employed our first um, member of staff in terms of a sales aspect early during COVID um, because, you know, rather than just, you know, freak out that we weren't able to go and do appointments, we used the time to sort of 
like you know sit down and, and think about right when we can start back up again let's do things a bit differently let's focus on you know the challenges that we're going to face with expansion and stuff like that so I, I, at the time I was a, I was obviously it was a wee bit worrying but I feel like we put the time to good use yeah 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 so the first store opened and then well I suppose just on from that then because I mean certainly in the UK Dubai I think still got more of a a formal dress code I would say then than... I, I think in certain industries it does yeah, yeah. like I think, and I think the thing is people here there is a you know people a lot of people here have got big jobs you know like there's I would say there's there's a higher there's a bigger number of people that you know need to go into a boardroom environment or you know are dealing with big amounts of money big business deals and I think when you're at that sort of level you need to go and look in the park but there's also a large number of people at the at the beginning of their of their career in terms of whether that be in an entrepreneurial sense or coming to work for a big company and I think that there's a huge I mean you'll know better than anybody there's a huge element of if you turn up looking the part that that mental that you know sort of edge that comes with that is is something that you just you can't put a price on so the fact if you can come somewhere and you know get get dressed for the occasion you can go into that meeting or your first day and your new job or you know to go and close your big deal and you you look the part yeah. and it adds that we cut an edge and I think I think that's that's what Dubai is all about is going to take on the world so people dress for it yeah and the the attention to detail I just think that's the a little bit when I when I talk in personal branding I have seven pillars and one of the 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 seventh pillar is stand out how can you stand out and you could use style as one of the pillars to stand out but just that nice little bit of attention to detail in the shirt or um in a blazer or just something that just yeah. screams more than just Zara I guess you could say yeah without a shadow of a doubt um and, and and the other thing as well like you know when when people come in here we educate the staff and I've educated ourselves through time on something like that when when somebody comes in and say I want a suit for work the, the first question I would ask them is say well what'd you do for a job you know if you were if you're the, you know, the CEO of HSBC, you can't be going in with something that's like, you know, peacocking. Or if you're a guy who's, you know, starting a job in, in real estate, realistically, you shouldn't be going on in with some like a really bold suit for your first thing. Or if you're getting married in Greece, don't get a tweed suit, you know. So these are the sort of things we, we try and like educate people on. And it's, it, it is, it is mind blowing. Some folk have not got a clue and you need to yeah. sort of, walk them through the process i would probably say max five ten percent of clients have got a a good a good clear picture of what they want and a lot of other people uh like want a bit of a hand in choosing something yeah so it's basically you're not just offering a tailoring service you're actually offering a styling service to go with that tailoring service completely and even just showing them examples you know like i can you same with you and people do personal branding you can you can quite often work out you know what people do you can put them in sort of certain category if they if that's their job or that's their personality you know within a within a range people are comfortable wearing a certain thing and they need to sometimes people need that confidence you know what i mean and there's nothing worse than like what we hear as well you say you go shopping and you want they've got something in your mind you want it but you can't find it and you go about seven different places and you're demented after it. Oh, we don't we don't have that problem. You know, if they know something roughly what they want, we just make it for them. And then it takes the stress out of it. Has there been a shift um, in people not necessarily just wanting boots? Because I know you're suited and booted and it's the, 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 the A to Z. But is it more now that that sort of formal, formal, apart from if it's a wedding and, you know, you're in that sort of senior position that people go, can you do me blazers? Can you do me like chinos? That kind of thing is... 
is that more yeah, of or do you say it still suits we speak about this all the time. I mean, I think in the industry as a as a as a whole, you know, you've seen these articles or the death of Savile Row and stuff like yeah. that. I think Dubai is different than the rest of the UK. I think there's there's definitely more people here still wearing suits to the office. Mm. Um, but you'd be stupid to say there isn't a shift in the sense where some people are dressed more smart casual. Like even for me personally, I would wear more like sort of chinos and different jackets and things that you can mismatch rather than turning up with a three-piece suit on and the shirt and tie. I think that's industry specific, but mm-hmm. I think Dubai is definitely a bit of a bubble compared to the rest of the world. You know, when I go back to the UK, I, I don't see that many people um, getting suited up for work as, as, much as, as much as I used to. Do you know where I see um, smart gentlemen? And we were just talking about this uh, place before um, our podcast. But in Stockbridge in Edinburgh, I see a lot of older gentlemen going around in suits in Stockbridge <laughs> with their um, pockets squared in. So this is a yeah. place in Edinburgh that we both actually know. And you know how we get really struck by they look so smart and then they're standing at traffic lights and then there's like someone quite scruffy standing next to them. You know, it's just like, I guess, the generational <laughs> aspect of it all. But I remember when I was styling full time and um, one of the things when I was styling guys, they used to say to me, I hate dress down Thursday or dress down Friday. It was something that they were like, I just wish we could wear a suit every day because they didn't like having to style themselves casually. It was a nightmare. Uh, I mean, honestly, loads of loads of guys struggle with it. And yeah. one of the biggest things that we have, like we always try and like say, like understand what they want, maybe suggest something to get something different. Now, if somebody comes in here and they've bought five blue suits, we're like, right, look, why don't you try something else? You know, blah, like, you know, try a grey one, maybe mix and match it, go for like a little subtle detail on the buttonhole or something like that. But if you get somebody to do that, and then they go to their work and someone says, oh, you know, you look really nice today. Like then in their mind, they've got total confidence that you've helped them. So then they come in and they just go, right, what am I having? Like you choose basically. And that's that's like, I think that's what a lot of people want. You know, they want they want to they want the pressure taken off them to, to dress and like, it's like anything, stick, let the people that are good at it do it. Do you know what I mean? I coined a, a phrase when I was um, in the days of styling full time. Um, and it was yeah. man shopping. And it would be when I would go out with a guy and, and he would try something on and he would be like, love it. And then they'd shout from behind the curtain going, and just get all the other colors. Whatever it comes in, I'll have it in the five different <laughs> colors. And I'm like, no, this is not how personal styling works. But they're like, I don't care. If it fits and I like it, get me the, all the colors. It doesn't matter. Um, which, uh, yeah, I, to, be, to be fair, there's been women that have been like that as well. But I've seen that trait predominantly in my male clients. Um, in business, you know, as with any business, and we talked about how, you know, COVID in some ways gave you that time to reflect and look at different ways to grow business. What would you have done differently in the past sort of three or four years? Like what things have you learned if someone's sitting there thinking, do you know what, I want to start a business with my friend? What kind of things would you say I'd have done this differently or watch out for this? I think I think the starting a business with your friend, you know, like cause where we are, we do get approached by, you know, even just friends or our clients or, you know, just sort of saying, you know, asking for advice or saying, you know, what what's your thoughts on, you know, doing this business or that business. My biggest advice before anyone would ever get started in anything, it, ha- it does genuinely or it should be something that you're passionate about. Everyone's got a business idea, but, in, but it's really 
it's so much harder than than even than what I thought. I, I remember having the chat and thinking, oh, you know, we'll do this. And if you're sometimes you can be too positive about things. Oh, it'll be easy. Like didn't think it was going to be a walk in the park, but I, I, I totally would say that I didn't under, underestimated as much as as it would be, especially things going through COVID and taking on staff and expansion and all that sort of stuff. It's 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 full on proper. So if I think unless you have that passion or that belief in what you're doing, mm. I think a lot of people struggle to follow it through. Mm. Um, and, and and also like people would start starting because I'm so lucky that me and Ryan have that relationship where it's somebody to bounce off of when, or when things were going wrong or when when COVID did happen, we would have the chat with each other. I, I often thought at that period of if I was doing this just by myself, I think that would be that would have been brutal. If you didn't, especially if you had, you know, wife, wife, kids, responsibilities, and you had that on your shoulders, it could be could be a tough one to deal with. I think that's quite an interesting point because I have spoken to people, and in so many ways, they would say I'd rather do it alone because then I get a hundred percent of the profits. Whereas you've kind of gone, nope, there's two of us. And we'll split the profit. So, you know, give whatever the, the arrangement is. But, you know, the, there's two yeah. of you, so it's got to go to two people. But you were saying that that, and I believe sometimes as well, it's sometimes better to have a smaller amount of something that's so much bigger than own something 100% of something smaller. And yeah. um, you don't have the support because it's a lonely place running a business if you're doing it solo. 100% and obviously it's horses for courses you know what I mean like if you if you don't meet somebody or you've not got that sort of shared passion with someone then obviously do it yourself don't get somebody else involved just because you're scared to do it by yourself obviously that doesn't that doesn't make sense either but like if you if you you know like you hit the nail on the head like better to have 50% of something massive than 100% of a, of a disaster <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> to, to learn and to, to grow so what would you say your biggest strengths are and what would you say Ryan's biggest strengths are put me on the spot here yeah anything <laughs> Ryan's biggest strength is like he's such a people person like the the network that he built with with his clients you know even going through some of the early struggles that he had, he's he's just like everybody who's like Ryan's friend. He's he's built up such a um, such a loyal clientele through through the way that he deals with people, mm-hmm. um, and also unfazed by you know at some at some points unfazed by challenges. And um, he's so positive at the, at the sense that like you know he's like he literally like no no it'll be fine blah 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 and like I sometimes think ah. I'm a little bit more methodical. I'm positive as well, but in my mind, I need to have like you know, right? Okay, well, if we're doing that. There needs to be a plan of attack. Otherwise, I, I would lose sleep over it. Um, so it's we've, we've got different different attributes. I've, I quite often think my biggest attribute is I sometimes think of the bigger picture. You know, I w- I'll think of like right, how are we getting to that? What are we doing next? Like it's, it's, it's a, I don't know if it's a bit of a blessing and a curse, I think. <laughs> the, the visionary piece. But I think that's it. Everyone needs the, there's, there's um, skill sets where people are action takers and doers and they get the, the, the whole piece done. And then there's other people that are like, I can see the vision. I can see where it's going. And the fact that you can blend both of those together, is like a, a wonderful kind of combination. Our vision's always the same, to be honest. Like, honestly, every time we have a chat about things, it's quite it's quite clear in the sense of what the end goal is. It's just it's just how to get there, and you know, like 
even like like managing the staff like the finances and stuff like that like that's that's something i would say like you know with expansion you take up ryan and i have both had to take away doing tasks that we would normally try and do ourselves mm-hmm. the, the best advice i could give anybody was don't try and do things you're not good at like oh, don't yeah. put in don't don't put me anywhere near a spreadsheet because it's not going to go down well. Like get, get, get people that are good at doing certain things, get them to do that. Like if you're good at social media or um, employ people to do the jobs that they're good at, because it's it honestly is, it's, it's a game changer because otherwise it's just stressful and it causes chaos. Yeah. And to think, you know, I guess in the early days you try and do it because you might be on a budget or whatever, depending on the size of your business, but as quickly yeah. as you can look at where you're, um, weaknesses are and where you can employ people um, you can employ people in I'm looking at that strategy at the moment so social media like I, I can post I can do all the content but one of the channels in particular for me is my YouTube channel which I've been yeah. growing steadily over the past sort of um, 12 years 20,000 followers but it's something that gets momentum and then it thank you it gets momentum but then it yeah. dies off and just today I had a call with my YouTube editor and I was like right we need to fix this system where is it broken that the content's not going out and I'm like I actually just need someone to film it here I need the accountability and it's like right well I'd yeah. rather pay for that so I can get it done rather than me going I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it and it's just really highlighting those points of where can you get the support to come in that that's that's honestly it and and through through like getting people on board that specialize in that you also learn as well yeah um yeah. It's, it's more that like you said something there's the momentum behind certain things same with us like i remember like you know when we first spent money on social media you know got someone to do all our, our accounts for us you know got you know employed like a, a manager and stuff like that like these things it's daunting at the time because you're like well that's a you know, another expense or another responsibility. But, you know, you either, you're either in it to do something small or to do something big. And then, you know, if you want to do something big, there's no big companies that don't have these sort of things. So you just need to just basically crack on with it. And that's where I, I, I think that there were certain things I would have probably done quicker um, if I knew what I knew now. But it's, it's a learning process, like, of course. What's been your biggest... Uh, or what's been your best marketing strategy? Not biggest, but the best one. What would you say? This has worked really well for me. Has it been social media or has it been something different? Honestly, our, our best marketing strategies are clients. Um, like it's it's so many of our clients is, is like, as you know yourself, people think, people from outside of Dubai probably have this envisage that Dubai is massive and nobody knows each other. It's, it's honestly like a, a village, you know, everybody knows everybody. It, like it's it's mad. So I just can't you know, believe we haven't met though. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't know how we managed that, but it, it, it's it's so mad. Like obviously, but we knew of each other, you know, and, and like everybody in, in in certain industries, certain circles, everybody everybody knows, you know, like you know what people are up to. So with business, our best marketing things been our clients. You know, at the beginning, clients would come in and maybe had. You know, somebody would say, oh, my friend came here. But now people sit and rattle off about 15 of their friends. And, you know, like people even who are on holiday come because their friends have come. And it's everybody's on Instagram now. So, you know, they're posting, they're sharing, their wedding pictures go up there. Then you get a new suit, they get a picture in it. So I would say I would say doing a good job for our clients has been has been the best and free marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you reward them? Is do you reward your best customers or your? Addressing um... them properly. 
love it. By making sure they don't look like a sack of potatoes. Um, I've got uh, uh, just a couple of last questions and I'll leave it to you. I really enjoyed our conversation. So I've got one here is, um, what's the biggest myth that you'd like to bust in your industry? Biggest myth? I don't know. It's a tough one. I think I wouldn't say it's a, a myth as such, but I think I think certain people are put off by the thought of coming in for a tailoring experience because they, they would be like, oh, well, I wouldn't know what I wanted. That would, that would be my biggest thing or... Or it's going to cost a fortune. You know, there's different there's different price points for different people. Obviously, mm-hmm. again, like I, I would say, the biggest myth is probably people being being scared to put themselves in an environment where someone's going to ask them, "What do you want?" And they're like, ah, "What he yeah. does?" <laughs> people just get the Instagram up and say, "Yeah, I'll have that," or they'll just say, "Or like, obviously, we all dress different as well." So the amount of people like like will come in and say, "Oh, that guy that was in earlier, I'll just take that." <laughs> it's guy yeah. shopping pictures to help them when they yeah, come we've got, we've got like pinterest accounts obviously we, we've got like loads of stuff on the instagram we've got things to look at when you come into the office as well none of these 1970s brochures by the way i'm glad <laughs> i'm super glad I, mean, that's true, <laughs> I do think people would think that either it's a great point on that either it's going to cost too much or actually don't know what is i want so how can i i, yeah. I tell them so um What's next for Suited and Booted? What are the plans? So you you opened up your sort of three studios in the start of COVID. Yeah. What's happening next for you? So, no, the, the, so that, like, obviously we started off with one, then we got yep. the second one. The third one's just been finished off now. So right. um, it, it's almost sort of more than doubled every 12 months. So we're wow. con- continuing to grow locally. We're going to expand probably more into Abu Dhabi and start to start to offer our experience down there now we've got the capacity to to accommodate that from a from an actual you know making the suits perspective um and we're really expanding into our ready to wear range so we're, we're we're in the process of launching our brand called by smiths and um, some of the stuff behind me so we're going to have like you know um shoes trainers t-shirts swimming shorts so we can style people literally from from day to night from going to the beach you can come and get stuff and you or you can you know get a talk for your wedding and the ready to stuff will be online as well so that'll give us a, a global reach which is something we've not had oh I love that well I've really enjoyed finally getting to hear about this story and from <laughs> you thank you so much for your time today yeah, thank how you for can, having me how can people find out about you where can they go what's the socials websites give me the story yeah, just all the usual channels. Like, obviously, we post a lot on Instagram, Facebook, on our website, um, all, all of that. That has a lot of our stuff. I'd probably, uh, for people that use Insta, there's loads on there. And then the website's connected to our Pinterest as well. So either website or Instagram is probably the, the best one to, to do. And it's suitedandbooted.com? Suited Booted Dubai on Insta and Suited and Booted on, uh, on the webpage. Excellent. Well, thank you very much and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Cheers. See you later. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is how more people can hear about the amazing stories and guests that we have on here. Even better, you can also share this on social media. Screenshot it and share it on your Instagram or on your Facebook or on your Twitter account. The more people that see these episodes, the more awareness it brings to small businesses and those that are trying to make an impact and difference. 
And if you want to know more about how you can develop your personal brand, then check out our new website, Brand New Creators, designed by our in-house team. And we are in the business of helping you to increase your online visibility, build industry authority, lead change, motivate and profit. Who doesn't want that? I look forward to speaking to you soon. Until next time. Bye.